You're listening to Box Office Bros. Starring Corey Osborne. It's a party every week, baby. Embarrass me in front of Corey. How many of these guys are named Corey? And Chance Oliver. Are you prepared to take that chance? I think you ought to know what our chances are. You had your chance and you blew it. Let's start the show. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Hold on to your butts. Showtime, a-holes. Hello, this is Corey Osborne from the Jurassic um, Park and Star Wars podcast. Hey. I mean, Box Office Bros podcast. It's also the Marvel podcast. Yeah, that's true. Like, they pushed all the movies back. I know, exactly. We would be like Marvel. We'd be in the thick of Marvel City right now, you know? We've been, I would have probably seen Black Widow twice by now. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is Corey. This is Corey, you know, for all you who don't know. And the handsome man right next to me is Chance Oliver. Hello. How are you doing today, Chance? I'm pretty good. And the handsome man to your left is your cat. Aw, yes, that is true. Oh. Thor is a handsome boy. He's a little piece of crap, but he's a handsome boy nonetheless. <laughs> Love Ring that cat, bro. Of pet ownership. No, it's uh kind of a well. It's fast and slow. Like there's, like there's like a couple snip, snippets of bigger news, and then just sort of like the news is the fact that movies are kind of coming back. It's just like easy does it in a way, you know. Yeah, like by the end of July, we should be um, getting... Should be. Yeah, we should be getting a lot of stuff. Whether you think you should or not, we were we would have covered this if the news didn't just switch literally within a day. Because here's my thing. I love AMC theaters, but they're extremely reactionary with how they do these things. I almost no. feel like they make decisions just to see if it'll piss like moviegoers off. Right. And then they decide, OK, no, we won't do this or OK, yeah, we will do this. Because basically what happened was um, like a few years ago, they wanted to introduce like certain showings where people could text during theater or during like watching. Yeah. And then the Internet was like, no, 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 no. no. And Knock I feel like off. they did the same thing here because basically one of their like higher up guys said to avoid like political discussion. They decided not to require a mask when you went into the theater, which is kind of funny because if they just didn't make a big deal about it, and I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask. I think you should. But I'm saying that if you um, if they just didn't make a big deal about it. Right. At all. I think people would kind of like just let it go under the rug and wear and it'd be treated like the grocery store where you see people wearing masks and you see people not. You should wear a mask, though, but still. Like, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but wearing a mask isn't political. Yeah, I know. Wearing a mask is not political, but, but re- regardless of all that, it's it's just really funny how that, like, we, we would have talked about it, but it literally switched almost immediately because then they were just like, okay, uh, never mind. Uh, oh, oh, no. Uh, people are very angry about this. Um, people, yeah, people are saying they will not go to AMC if people are not wearing masks. Did, did you? So, okay. Oh, no. Because I saw another article. I think it was because I was perusing Variety and uh, the Hollywood Reporter before when I was doing show notes. And apparently, like, Alamo is going to be scanning, uh, doing temperature checks for people walking in. So Alamo's plan is right. And AMC is, of course, you know. It's a half measure. 
Yeah, just like, you know, bumbling around, just kind of hijinks ensue with like cartoon cartoon sound effects of being kind of dumb. They're, they're honestly like a Three Stooges short film. Like, <laughs> somehow they're not dead at the end. Like, that's basically it for AMC. No, and no, you're you're really not wrong. Um, honestly, it's like one of those things with <laughs> all that stuff. I think temping is actually the best way to go. Like, every time I go into work, I have to get temped. And I think that works. Like, for instance, there's some kids coming in for interviews and stuff like that. Well, not kids, but like, you know, young adults getting um, in their... 19 year olds, 20 year olds. And like, I um, basically have to temp them because there's a cool, like, really non invasive way of temping that or temping, like, you just put it right. to their forehead right. and everything like that. So it's nothing weird. It's not like you're sticking it, you're sticking it in their ears or anything like Even that. Even in the ear weird. isn't so bad. It's still awkward. It's like, hey, like, let's stick this in your ear. What's up? Yeah, it's like, yo, what up? How's it going? <laughs> I'm that creepy dude. I'm about to stick this thermometer in your ear. That's that's not that's no fun, man. Hey, prospective employee, <laughs> I hope you're into this. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> well, regardless, uh, let's get right into the number one movie. <laughs> the number one movie at the box office. I knew it. <laughs> It's your favorite. We all love it. Jurassic Park, baby. Woo! Yeah, can't say I'm surprised. It's it's about a hundred, it's thousandth and hundred forty fourth weekend or something like that. No, it's so basically the gist of the story is a lot of a lot of summer blockbuster movies are going out into the resurging and i'm happy for it the resurging drive-in movie theater industry is like pumping out like these old summer blockbusters and like they're actually making a decent chunk of change and i'm kind of glad for them because like jurassic park pulled in like five hundred and seventeen thousand dollars uh last weekend uh it's predominantly spielberg films because i kind of looked at the what movies it was and it was Jurassic Park was number one, number two by like less like a hundred thousand dollars separated first and second was Jaws, uh, the kind of the the birth of the summer, just like the uh, the big summer movie, uh, and then like another one was E. T. and then Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then I think the one, and then like the only other ones that weren't uh, Spielberg ones were like. Spielberg buddy Robert Zemeckis is Back to the Future. And then I think the other ones are Goonies and Footloose. If the article I read, the, with what I thought, what the article mentioned. And I was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. I like, I don't know. It's just nice to see that. I mean, everyone always talks about how like those are like, you know, their favorite movies. But it's nice to see that they're still, uh, nice to see a proof in the pudding that they're still appreciated, you know? No, for sure. And it's like one of those things where I genuinely think that the drive-in industry and everything is really important because I think people are heavily into nostalgia these days. You know, like I think people are more or less being like, yeah, like I want to do stuff that we used to do. and I want to have fun doing the stuff that we used to do and all of those regards. Mm. One thing that I find really interesting and fun is that uh, I, my sister... Yeah, lives in Kentucky, and every time I go to visit her there, um, there's always this really cool drive-in theater that we go to. So shout out to the drive-in theater um, about like outside of um, Owensboro. 
Kentucky. It's a really, really cool laid back place. You know, you pull in, you drive, you set your AM frequency to the thing. Yep, it's so right. old school. And mm-hmm. then you just go back and then you go in there, you just chill in your car. It's the perfect COVID movie experience, yeah, you know? And so like, cool. it's definitely something like, I really love that people are doing those things. Maybe they could get the here, maybe they could get the Midtown stuff rolling again you know yeah, like you get something and like you know and like you know of course incentivize um right. distancing and be like hey we're playing black panther this week we're playing inside out this week we're gonna you know take it back a little bit and we're gonna watch casablanca this week you know i feel right. like that'd be a ton of fun because there there's one correct me if it's not omaha but it's like la vista or ralston there's a drive-in movie theater. yeah that was the newest one i haven't gone to that one yet and the cool th- okay so like the cool thing about it is is like these like because these drive-in theaters are usually like mom and pop startups because of just like hey i want to get this old drive-in theater you know cooking again because it's in bigger towns like like big 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 cities like omaha and lincoln it's usually it's usually an amc it's usually a marcus it's usually a regal or an alamo like like a little town north of where I live, Blair, like there's the, you know, the Blair three or there's like, you know, a, a two, a two amphitheater, you know, yeah. cinema stuff like they're, they're rare and rare these days. And I mm-hmm. think it's just, you know, nice to see like small theaters, you know, keeping it going because every time you see it, it feels like they're just kind of shuttered up lately. So I don't know. It's nice to see, honestly. No. Yeah. It's like it definitely is like really awesome to see people, you know, give into the alternatives and everything like that because mm-hmm. the thing is a lot of people despite um you know movie theaters opening and reopening uh a lot of people are still not going to want to go so yeah. it's really important to have these options because i would consider going to a drive-in theater to right. watch tenant you know yeah i'm probably going to end up watching tenant or any way i get to because i need to watch it it's right. just a thing like i need to watch the next christopher nolan film i'm gonna make sure that i'm like, I really want to go during a time when a lot of people aren't going to be there. And I also want to just, like, make sure that I'm not around anybody because I still feel really weird right. about being in a dark room with a ton of people. And I really hope they're sanitizing the heck out of those theaters. So, <laughs> but regardless of all that. You know, it was funny. Like, uh, I was playing at Apex with a friend of mine last night. Or two friends of mine last night. But one of them asked me, like, if I could or will I go see... Because he knows how excited I am for Dune. Oh, yeah. He listens to the podcast. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, um, he asked me, like, well, I go see Dune day one uh, because of COVID. And I'm like, if it's safe, I will go. Yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, Dune isn't coming out until December. December. So that's something that I'm kind of concerned about. Because that's about when uh, flu stuff is. That's flu season. When flu season started getting, we get into the problem of, oh, do people have the flu or do they have COVID? Or right. all these different kind of stuff. the medical system bit. is just like, oh, uh, yeah, because we're going to have to deal with another wave of COVID and the flu. And that's kind of just like the worst case scenario that uh, Dr. Fauci was talking about. I will never do that again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Dr. Fauci. <laughs> 
Brad Pitt does a pretty good Dr. He Fauci. actually does do a pretty... He does not look like Dr. Fauci. It was kind of mm-hmm. silly seeing him in that SNL skit. But... Damn, Dr. Fauci's got a great chin. Dude, the funny... not notice. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about those SNL at home things was that that was the freshest that I've seen SNL in yeah, it was. years. And it's because they got to just like do what they want. Because I'm not saying the live skit stuff just isn't good. It's just that we need to it's give them more. Stale. We need like, to give them more opportunities to just do what they want. Like, no offense to Bobby Moynihan and people like Kenan Thompson, but like, I don't want to say move on, but like, let fresh blood in there because you guys have been there for years, <laughs> no, like for sure, over a decade now. Like, I like, I get it. Like, the world's tough now. Like, isn't like. Because for me, I've always, I always I don't want to get like too much of an SNL segue because I did have another ADD thought about uh, driving theaters. But like, you know, I've always feel like SNL is a stepping stone because, you know, you have like, you know, Chevy Chase, Will Ferrell, Chris Farley, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, David, all like, dude, all these so greats, many comedians. all of these greats. And honestly, even Pete Davidson. Like, I think I think he's gonna do I think he's gonna do amazing stuff after SNL just because of how much people are genuine. Like I've never seen so many people hone in on his performance mm-hmm. and anything that he'd been in before. And people are like, Pete Davidson can actually act. Like, yeah. albeit it's about himself, it's himself right. pretty much in this role. But he's really, really good right. in um, the King of Staten Island. And I'm like, wow, I really need to check this movie out. Right, because um, I'm I'm a big fan of his. But right, so like, uh, that's what I wanted to make about Dragon Theaters, like. Maybe just me, like, do you think, because drive-in theaters have been, like, they've never been the source of innovation in the movie theater industry that, like, regular theaters have been. Like, you didn't get, like, the, you know, those those uh, recliners and the kind of, like, the layered seating and stuff like that. And the, you know, the people, you know, don't talk or we'll kick you the hell out of here uh, warnings. uh that we have today because like i think you know like our modern engineering could like create some pretty cool driving amphitheaters for movies you know no for for sure and like it's like one of those cool like it's one of uh, sure driving theaters kind of only work during certain times of right. the year like the best but still like even if it's a little chilly you can walk over and get your popcorn still and get into right. your like, car with you know, the heat on and everything. And it's still fun. You can still have a good time like, regardless you, of the weather, you know? Like, what if you turn some old derelict uh, parking garage into a drive-in theater or something? I feel like that'd be cool. It has, like, a white... What if it has, like, a big white wall and yeah. you just project it right onto there? I think, you know, you're... I wish and I projectors had, are getting better and better, like, yeah, outside I, projectors. I wish I had some startup money because then you could, like... Because my thought would be, like, you know, you could have, like, you know some waiters and waitresses that's kind of like a sonic thing like they'll bring your popcorn to you sort of like alamo does damn it Corey, we need to get on this no dude that's what i'm saying i'm like <laughs> shoot let's we need just, to find some let's rich, start our own business we need to find dude. some rich fellas to <laughs> bankroll this let's let's try to let's like kiss up to those uno business majors <laughs> yeah like that yo. give us a lot of trouble in our um general <laughs> education classes hey <laughs> you guys didn't give me uh the greatest marks in our group class even though i gave you five out of five on the the group of uh, uh, evals, dude. I'm jerks. so I'm so petty in group evals. I'm not even gonna lie. I get. I'm so nice in group evals. Like, like you know, I'm nice for the most part. But if I have a reason to be petty, I will most definitely be petty. <laughs> oh, I have a reason now, but it's one more semester. Like, I only have one semester left, and like no, like maybe one business class left that's online. So it's like, 
those sons of bitches drop my A from a B and I will never forgive them. Oh no, for sure. <laughs> but regardless of all of that, I'm really loving the resurgence of Steven Spielberg films being at mm-hmm. the top and everything like that during these times. Because, you know, a lot of people want to go to the movies and they're watching the classic movies that they grew up with mm-hmm. and they're giving it a new life and they're getting to show their kids and they're getting to show their mm-hmm. grandkids, you know, the cool movies that they watched while they're younger. See, and I think that's really, I, I get, genuinely think is really cool, you know? Now those kids get to be afraid of the ocean. Exactly. Dude, Jaws Stupid so freaky. <laughs> Jaws was Jaws must have been terrifying back then because you have to think about nothing was done like Jaws before Jaws. No, like... All it, it is the first real... It is the first, like... It is summer blockbuster. It is the first summer blockbuster. Like Star Wars is what definitely propelled the blockbuster, right. but like, ju- like Jaws is the one that handed right. the baton like, over. You know, so it was the first. Maybe it didn't sure. do it best, but it was the first. Such a great movie. But yeah, you know, it's honestly kind of like the the start of the Spielberg formula because mm-hmm. Jaws was a novel adopt- adapted to a movie by Spielberg, which is kind of. That's what Jurassic Park was. That's what The Lost World was. That's what um, Ready Player One was. I was Schindler's List a book? Yes. That's what Schindler's List was. Like Spielberg is really good at adapting, and like you know, obviously you have like you know Raiders of the Lost Ark with his good pal George Lucas and all that stuff. So yeah, good to see Spielberg stuff, and also we're gonna you know it's nice to see the big studios kind of segueing here. Uh, Disney is actually going to put some of their hit films back into theaters to like give them, you know, give the movie theater industry a little love when they're. No. And the thing is, I think that would be really I think that would be a beautiful thing to do because Disney definitely Mm -hmm. there's a reason why it's a multinational, amazing, Mm -hmm. incredible blah of like a huge corporation. It's off of the back of some of those amazing films that they created back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those cool things where, you know, you'd love to see a lot of those classic animation films and uh, different stuff in theaters because, you know, sure, we have Disney Plus, but do we have I'm like I don't think we have the like the theater experience is something still so special to me and hard you know? to replicate and it's it is hard to replicate because I don't think I can really emulate how it felt to watch Inception in theaters for the first time because wow. I remember I was like I'm trying to think when did Inception came out like 2009 2008 oh, I think it was 10 no. probably no it's 10 I think it's 2010 but um, I'll look this up on IMDb for a fact check, well, but I specifically remember being eighth grade or being in a right. being a freshman in high school. Being a young and being a young lad, mate. But uh, <laughs> basically, yeah, it was 2010. But I remember being in there and I remember watching it, and there's the big screen and there's the huge surround sound, and mm. I heard Hans Zimmer's amazing score, and I saw wally fister's amazing cinematography Mm -hmm. and i saw the smooth and calculated direction from christopher nolan and i saw it become chaotic at times when it needed to be but it stayed still and quiet when it also needed to be and that was Mm -hmm. the time like sure i watched star wars and that's what made me really love movies but 
Inception made me want to make movies. Right. Like that's the thing because yeah. I'm like, how did they do that? What? How did they do that hotel scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? And then you learn that they literally had a robotic set that just goes, or like basically a set where they pulled and it had different things where it was like, and he was really flailing around <laughs> there in a wire. Like that is absolutely bonkers for me and i don't think you can get that same experience by looking at it on your tv i genuinely don't think you can so we owe it to this generations of kids who are eventually going to be filmmakers who are eventually just going to be people who are film lovers and just unlike us watching stuff Mm -hmm. and different things like that we owe it to them to keep this kind of situation going whether it be in the um drive-in theaters whether it be in theaters whether it be in you know even home theaters and so yeah. yeah and like more to that and disney is doing their part because going to this tweet from eric davis uh studios are making uh well from disney is more recent it's like studios are making select titles available to theaters that are open or are opening disney's titles scattered across four weeks include the avengers the empire strikes back black panther deadpool zootopia the greatest showman iron man the force awakens and Inside Out, and more, among others. And obviously, The Empire Strikes Back is the oldest among those. And then Eric also continues saying, note that it is up to each individual theater to book these films. You will not see every title in every available theater. Expect a bit of mixed bag, depending on who books what. So Disney is putting out a lot of their recent hits, like The Avengers, uh, Black Panther, Deadpool is obviously a Fox, but now a Disney film. Uh, Zootopia, Greatest Showman. And basically the only one I didn't really have a chance to see is The Empire Strikes Back. So if The Empire Strikes Back, I can see it. Obviously, if I could see it in a safe way, I might go see it. But so they're doing their part, just kind of like capitalizing on the popularity and kids movies and superhero movies. Just kind of give a little a little, uh, little spritz of uh, life into the movie theater industry before like the uh, new films start coming back. Dogs, obviously, Tenet is going to come back at the end of next month. No, for sure. Oh, it's nice to see. I don't know. I kind of want to see Deadpool in theaters again. No, dude. Seeing Deadpool in theaters would be a lot of fun because the action scenes, especially in Deadpool 2, are really, really good. So, you know, a lot of people rag on Deadpool 2, but if Deadpool 2 came first, everyone's. And De- the first Deadpool was the second one. They just launched the same criticisms of the original Deadpool. So it's well, no, because that's just the, the same movie. Because that's the it's thing. A, they're they're very similar movies. I really like the addition of the kid and everything like mm-hmm. that in Deadpool too. I liked a lot of the moving parts, but I genuinely think that um, what's the guy who directed the first Deadpool? Do you know his name? Tim Miller. Yeah, Tim Miller. I think Tim Miller should have personally stayed. And Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Reynolds should have, they mm-hmm. should have hashed it out and agreed to disagree. Say, because yeah. I think Tim, because the thing is they had a lot of, some got them all pissed they off. They got a lot of pissed off, but who's going to go in that situation? Obviously it's going to be Tim, not right, Ryan. Right, right, right. So it's like one not of those deals. So it's one of those deals because I think Tim wanted to do something a little more different. Right. But Ryan kind of wanted to bank on what they already had done. Right. And so I don't necessarily think Ryan's decision making was from a filmmaker's perspective. Right. He was making something that he thought was going to be more crowd pleasing when I think Tim Miller probably wanted to do something and pave the way a little bit more. So personally, I would love for them right. to kiss and make up. 
with Ryan Reynolds, with Ryan Reynolds, who knows that probably actually happened with that, with his sense of humor. But, um, I want them to kiss there's and make a, there's up. There's a scene in the film where, <laughs> where it's just Tim Miller and Ryan out with uh, the film's director. <laughs> Deadpool, um, Deadpool is um, uh, pansexual. Oh yeah, it's just he like uh, he's like you see the boom operators like get out, of, get out of the way, boom operator. I gotta go make out with the director. <laughs> like, but oh hi, Mister Gripman, you're very <laughs> handsome. I'll, I'll remember you in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that something like straight out of a? <laughs> that is like dead straight out of a Marvel movie or a Deadpool movie. Uh, you know, we should. I want Deadpool three so bad. I want it so badly as well. Speaking of movies, so really, well, I don't know. I guess we kind of want Flashpoint. Dear God, I want Flashpoint. I just like give give me a trailer, start shooting the movie, and then I'll believe that it's going to exist. Right, that's the thing. I would love to watch a Flashpoint well, movie, but there are some wacky goddamn rumors going around. Also, with the Flashpoint movie, reboot it. I, I I know this. Kill I know all. I know. I have said, okay, maybe this person come back, or maybe this person can come back. But no, I'm done with the DCEU. I'm done with it. Reboot it. Reboot it. We need new things. Kill it. The only people you could probably get away with keeping back is pro- bringing back is probably Zachary Levi as, as Shazam. You can That's- keep Wonder Woman. Sure, but I just really want them to make a completely new DCEU. I just want them to, like, I just want them to make a completely different continuity. Like, I want it to be better because I just think about the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and I'm like, why can't we have that? Why can't we have that in live action? Like, why can't we have that? Because, you you know, that would blow the MCU out of the water. And this is coming from a huge MCU fan. Well, it would blow, like, the. Mm, get Bruce Tim in the room. That's all I'm saying. Get Bruce Tim in the room. And Paul Dini, if you're feeling extra sparse. Yeah, dude, and Zach, uh, and and Jeff Snyder. What's Jeff? I'm trying to think. Was it? There's too many Snyders, but there's the Snyder that wrote um, a lot of the really cool New Fifty Two. He wrote the Court of Owls. Jeff Johns? No, it's Snyder. His name is something Snyder. Uh, I'm not. Apparently, he's helping write the new Batman ma- um, game for Warner Brothers Montreal too. You know, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about the new Batman game. For exactly. Years, and I don't get if it doesn't. If it doesn't, nothing. And they're and Montreal has been teasing us for years about it. We're like, bro, can you just announce that it's happening at least? Like, like I'm so. I think you like my tweet about it. It's mm-hmm. like, huh. Five years ago, uh, we launched Batman Arkham Knight. It's Scott Snyder, by the way. Oh, Scott Snyder. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, what have you been doing this since then, tough guy? Jesus. No, dude. But like... Rocksteady Games. But dude, like, like I want to get Scott Snyder in the room. I want to get uh, Brian K. Vaughn in the room. Like, really, really cool comic book writers that have done some really cool... Well, and artists and everything like basically that. Basically, all just, this started is because DC didn't want to do their homework. Like... Like honestly, if this Justice if Justice League was coming out, say this year, uh, and it wasn't bad, like you know, just because Marvel Marvel made the formula, all you had to do was follow it, or just make, or honest to God, if you like that Man of Steel movie, and then just made a Justice League movie, because honestly, you tried to do like 
you try to just make like skipping stones with what Marvel did instead of like either blazing your own trail or just copying it outright. Because if you would have copied it outright, it would have took them longer, but you would have gotten there eventually. Now you just took a shortcut. So it just this little mess. And now you have a fan like Corey saying, just blow it up and start over. Like, huh. look what you did. No, exactly. Because it's like one of those things where they're really they're pockets of the day that I like. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. I like Henry Cavill as Superman. I don't necessarily like what you've done with his character, but I like Henry Cavill mm-hmm. as Superman. Hell, I even like Ben Affleck as Batman. I do. But ben I don't like, like Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, but I, I genuinely <laughs> don't like how you're like, oh, you want to know what oh, we're going to do stars. with the first time Batman's been in the DCEU? Let's start with the very end. Kill Superman. Let's let's start with the very end of his character arc, as the as opposed to the beginning of his character arc. Yeah, for Robin's a film already series. dead, and it's just like Robin's already dead. Everybody's already dead. This is hopeless. This is dumb. But regardless of this, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he come out of retirement to start branding criminals and that? I guess I, I, I can't true, remember. but. With that being said, we didn't even really even get into what the rumor was. Right, the we got rumors. to we, we got to we got to I got to all carried away with how much I hate the DCEU right now. But oh. here's my thing. I think that it's really um I think it's really cool what's going on with this rumor. I actually really dig it because it's a flashpoint kind of thing. Right. If you guys don't know about flashpoint, basically Barry is uh flash Being is all like dumb. I really wish that my mom wasn't killed. So he goes back in the past mm-hmm. and saves his mom from getting killed. And then in the midst of that, he goes back to the future and he's like, okay, wow. Well, my mom's not dead. That's really dope. Everybody around me is pretty happy. This is dope. But then he turns around and he's like, oh no, the Amazonians are evil. Bruce, Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. Batman is Thomas Wayne and he is mental. The Joker isn't the Joker. The Joker is Bruce Wayne's is is Martha Wayne. And Where's she, Superman? Exactly. What is Aquaman well, doing? It's like everybody is freaking out and it is just a crap fest. It's a hell And scream. then it's really funny because meanwhile, Reverse Flash is like, <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> I'll see you. Okay. We. We gotta be careful talking about reverse flash because now I'm just thinking of all those really stupid jokes with reverse flash I keep seeing on the on Twitter because they're really stupid and I'm gonna start laughing. Well, if you really think about the reverse flash, it, it is kind of Barry. It is kind. It is kind of dumb because he is quite literally just the reverse of the Flash, even in color scheme. <laughs> like very on the nose with his costume. That reminds me. There's a TikTok I need to send you after this podcast. Ah, uh, yes, I love the TikToks. <laughs> but dude, it was just. Ah, so funny to so, me. So yeah. Anyway, it's an else. Well, it's it's just kind of an else world story, but it's not because it happens in continuities. So. No, for sure. But anyway, back to the rumor. Do you want to say it? Well, basically, yeah. I know. I love how we got out there. But basically, <laughs> the room, the real rumor is that Michael Keaton is in talks to be the Batman in mm-hmm. this Flashpoint universe, mm-hmm. which has a lot of crazy implications, right? Because people. So I saw a lot of the film pundits taking shots at each other, and I even took a shot at one on Twitter, um, saying that it's going to be either Thomas Wayne as Michael Keaton, or Michael Keaton as Thomas Wayne, or Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, but old Bruce Wayne. Like, we don't know. Like, he's in... I guess we should all, like, also say that this is... He is in talks. Like, nothing is, like, set in stone yet. 
No, for sure. Like, of course, nothing is set in stone and you really got to just pay attention to these things and, you know, make sure right. that it's. But you said you were excited. What makes you excited? What makes me really excited for this is that I love Michael Keaton as the Batman. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be really cool to see him and like, like think of him in the Vulture as Vulture. Right. All these things he's he plays like especially he can play somebody with a dark edge who needs who does what he needs to do just for the sake of the greater mm-hmm. good really well already. <clears throat> I just have a thing for Michael Keaton. I just right. think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. I think he's awesome. I think he's magnetic on screen. He's awesome. And so I just think that would be really interesting to see him interact with the DCEU and its kind of rebooted nature and everything like that. I think it would be really cool for him to come back from pocket universes and be like, I'm back and I'm intense. And then everybody's like, Oh dude, what are you doing? (laughs) And then (laughs) like, I just genuinely think that I'm personally very excited for this because um, Michael Keaton, he really exemplifies what I, cause I was even discussing this with you a little earlier. He exemplifies a lot of the stuff that I do love about Batman that I don't think people are paying attention to right now. Mm -hmm. And that's the like, cool kind of gothic version of batman mm-hmm. that tim burton kind of let um mm-hmm. leaned into right and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know like, and like like big pipe organ music and exactly stuff like that. and that's kind of one of those things and like what what would make that batman even better is if they kind of delved into like the the like mindset of bruce and the detective um kind of nature of bruce and all those things and i thought that i always thought that michael keaton was really great in the role. I don't think he's the best Batman by all means. I personally think Ben Affleck uh, was the best Batman, mm-hmm. like in the way that he, not necessarily in the Just way he was conceived, presence but his screen. presence on screen really screamed Batman for me. And so I'm, but don't get me wrong, I'm also, really also really excited for Robert Pattinson. Michael Keaton's Batman can't turn his head. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm sure they'll make a joke and I'm sure he'll turn his head and. <laughs> flashpoint if he gets the role and everything so but that would be so do you fun. so you think this is going to be tim burton's batman character then i think it might be okay i think it might be i'm not necessarily do you think this is gonna be an else world batman i think it might be like it might be um tim burton's batman but i would go over for me it's over that he would be an elseworld but it's under that he'd be tim burton's batman Okay. So I think there's more of a chance I'll just be an Elseworld, but it's more of a reference to that kind of stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? Because you know what I think? What do you think? I think that because obviously Flashpoint is timey-wimey and rarely, I don't know why I just used a Doctor Who reference. I never watch it. Um, because So time travels a lot. I'm not sure how like 100% to the story of Flashpoint they're going to be. So my thought is, is that they're I don't mean, I guess they're going to do Michael Keaton. In my opinion, it's going to be confusing for the audience if it's not an Elseworld, like if it's not the same character. Because if it, they're going to, they're basically going to be borrowing the playbook of their CW friends where everything from everywhere is connected, you know? Yeah. You know, the CW, Smallville, yeah. that Supergirl uh, uh, movie from the 80s that was <laughs> horrible, the Flash uh, show from the 80s that was horrible that's connected. Everything is connected. And then you see the, supernatural impala parked somewhere like everything is connected on the cw so <laughs> it's just a it's a spooky can of worms to open almost but anyway no i i can agree with so if that. he's not it could be i don't know sometimes the audience can get a little bit bitchy like 
just see with what Endgame. Uh, because my thought was, and Michael Keaton could be playing an old Bruce Wayne or an almost Batman Beyond story where, like, Barry's, say, chased into the future by someone, say it's Reverse Flash, is, like, chasing him or something. And, like, maybe he ends up in the future first and then, like, runs into the past to cause Flashpoint or something. I don't no, know. No, for sure. Like, he's... And, and you see maybe Michael Keaton is old-ass Bruce Wayne mentoring a Terry McGinnis or a Damian Wayne as Batman Beyond. Then Flash is like, hey, sweet Batman. Or something like that. No, for sure. And, like, I... Like, I definitely think do feel like it is quite the slippery slope, but I almost feel like Flashpoint is necessary for this DCEU in order for it to actually be able to flourish and grow because it could almost be a soft reset. So they could do whatever and they could go full crazy with the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, like they can go crazy. They can do something amazing and wonderful. But then after that, they can be like, okay, well, we're going to focus on this. We're going to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get storytellers in here that are going to treat it well because i'm going to talk about my hot take that i had that a lot of people might not enjoy okay that i would already talk to you a little bit about i i don't think that the dark knight did anything good for the dc universe the movie (gasps) i really love the movie don't get me wrong but i almost feel like them starting out the dceu with man of steel with it being so dark and brooding and trying so hard to be a christopher nolan film um it was even like put out of order like some christopher nolan films have been and all that kind of stuff like Zack snyder was trying so hard to be chris nolan but with a artistic and edgy flair that it really just ruined like it totally messed with what the DCU like, DCEU should have been. Like, and I'm not saying it needs to be bright and fun because even the DC TV shows like Doom Patrol and all these other things aren't bright. And like Doom Patrol actually is really dark, but it's super bright in the midst of being dark, right. which I think is so cool. I don't, think that's an awesome aesthetic. Yeah, don't mistake color palette with tone. Exactly. It's like I'm talking about the tone. Mm-hmm. Like the tone can be dark. That's fine. That's never been the issue. It's really just the way they conceive it and the right. way that they have the things. Cause the thing is, is like uh shout out to cosmonaut variety hour, great YouTube channel. Um, Marcus, the guy there, he was talking about how Superman is a guy who grew up here in Kansas. He's just a really chill yeah. guy. He's a good fun guy. And, but in these movies, even the old movies, what has his character been about? Oh, I'm going to save Lois Lane. Oh, I'm going to do this. I want a Superman that actually wants to save people. I want a Batman that actually wants to save people. When do you see anybody in the DCU saving people? They're superheroes, for Christ's Mm -hmm. sake. So it's just like one of those things where you really have to focus on the right things. And I just don't think they are. I swear to God, Superman needs like a best friend or something. Who's like, (laughs) hey, man, like just like they play catch in the yard or some shit. I don't know. Like something to bring him down to like not this brooding you know i am above the gods bullshit that just kind of plagues these movies half the time like you know i'm of the gods is fine for wonder woman but you know superman is like you know he's this borderline immortal being but you know he was raised by farmers in kansas so it's just kind of like so yeah it's just kind of a chris nolan you know is like you know if that bat those bat that Batman trilogy existed in a vacuum, it's fine, but it doesn't. And honest to God, you could have thrown Cop Robin Joseph Gordon Levitt into a tiny scene in that Man of Steel movie, and you would have fucking thought that it was like 
a spinoff of the Dark Knight and that we would have just gotten Christian Bell's Batman. No, for sure. Like, it's that totally similar. You would have believed me. Mm-hmm. Like, but also would have been really unbelievable because then that Christian Bell is really old and got beat up by uh, Tom Hardy Bane. Bane. <laughs> He's not fighting Superman then. Dude, I saw somebody with a Bane mask at work a couple of days ago. I want to get one of those. It was <laughs> actually so fire. I was like, dude, that looks great. Yeah, so like, I also, yeah, so the symptoms of uh, of Nolan aside, I guess my other thought about like, because uh, a certain annoying pundit, I won't name her, but um, basically, they yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want anybody to look her up because she's garbage. Anyway, <laughs> but they were talking about, oh no, it's not Bruce, like Michael Keane's not playing Bruce, he's playing Thomas Wayne. I'm like, why would he be playing Thomas Wayne? Like, because like my, my, because my thing about that. And, like, I'm not trying to be rude to this particular pundit. I just think that she tends to, um, like, I feel like she, Make te- up her mind. she tends well, no, She tends to, like, do stuff that's salacious. And I don't like this in general when pundits do this. Um, when they, like, there's a group of pundits that like to feed in the most, mm-hmm. into the most negative aspect of, aspects of fandoms. Mm-hmm. Like, saying things, like, she's even, like, one thing... So just so you guys think, know that I'm not just bullying her, if you guys know who she is, I really just get upset because she more or less makes it known that she will even say, ooh, well, this pundit gets paid off by Disney mm-hmm. and different stuff like that. And I just think that's really gross and I don't enjoy that. So I'm not. And then people call her out and it's really funny. <laughs> exactly. But it's just like one of those things where. I'm not trying to be a bully, but I am just saying that I personally think they're harmful to the space. Not anyway, a big fan. Not a fan. But anyway, anyways. the fact that like just that kind of thought me off. But like, what about Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Like Jeffrey I Dean Morgan would be an amazing. I Thomas cannot Wayne. think of a better person to play Thomas Wayne. Dude, he dude he was awesome in The Walking Dead, even though I hated him. Just like, well, that's the point. Like, Negan is supposed to be an asshole that you do not like. Like, and exactly. Like, that's for Thomas Wayne and, like, the fact that he, well, because he was the comedian in Watchmen. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to like him. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you need therapy. Um, <laughs> uh, same for Rorschach. Uh, you need therapy. <laughs> um, unironically, I guess, you like Rorschach. Um, but, like, yeah, like, you'd be doing Jeffrey Dean Morgan a humongous disservice if he was not Thomas Wayne in a flashpoint. I mean, look, he's got like, he's got the build to be a Batman, like a, a Thomas Wayne, greedy Batman, like, like just like the facial hair he had when he was Negan, just like the gruffness, like, and that voice is so booming. Like, I mean, sure, Michael Keaton's got the gruffness of the voice from age, but like, you'd but, just be like shooting yourself with stupid juice. But here's the thing. Didn't. I feel like he's going to play an older Bruce Wayne now that I'm just thinking about it. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, because like, like that just makes more I, sense. I know that who we're talking about is just like trying to stir the pot. Exactly. Pissed off. But that's the thing. Like, I, I genuinely think this is cool. And that's the annoying thing about the whole sphere of like movie and video game news and entertainment news in general. There are literally people who will go in and, uh, say something that's not true right just to stir the pot right just, and they and they use the fact that they said it as mm-hmm. proof right they don't have any independent sources right. they don't have anything that mm-hmm. really say about this they just want to say things that are going to get people to click right. on their tweet retweet their tweet 
favorite their tweet and mm-hmm. make them know it. So people write articles about them. So more people right. know about them. And it's a domino effect. Okay, it's so it's, it's kind of selfish and stupid in my opinion. Another, but oh, go ahead. Regardless, like, no, continue on with yours. Okay, so another like a tweet from like a film pundit that I trust pretty well was saying that like it was around the same day that like okay maybe I'm not sure if this is true but like because he kind of got ahead of himself a little bit and he kind of like. Because it was about like the Michael Keaton stuff about okay like oh well Michael Keaton's replacing Batfleck and I was like what I don't think that's and I, true and I was just like okay and then like he was talking about how like Pattinson's like the Pattinson Batman is not a part of the DCEU and I was just like okay so then who's going to be you know the Batman of young bankable age who interacts with the Justice League uh, God, that, that was my question. And so, like, I guess, because, like, I thought it would be, because, you know, one of my favorite parts of that Flashpoint animated movie was, like, at the end when uh, Barry gave that letter that Thomas Wayne wrote to Bruce Wayne, because, like, when Barry... That was so amazing. Like, like when Barry, you know, told Thomas that this was, like, an Elseworld, that this was not how things were supposed to be. And he's, like, he wrote a letter and gave it to Bruce, and, like, Bruce was crying that his dad, you know, gave him the letter. That was so touching. And it was and it was voiced by Kevin Conroy too, so mm-hmm. it was like, oh, like you really I don't know. It's like when you see touching moments from when Kevin Conroy voices Batman, it's so sweet. But anyway, so yeah, that's like there's so much that you could do. Like you could just do so many cool moments of fan service, and then you could just hit a big old red reset button on this whole thing. And then I'm assuming this is going to come out after the uh, Snyderverse, so you can. Uh, you know, just trim away the things that don't work. Like, you know, Wonder Woman, just for continuity's sake. Like, you know, she's, you know, uh, an immortal Greek lady from, you know, from lands far away. So you can keep Gal Gadot if you want. Um, and you can do whatever you want with the Green Lanterns. Or whatever, like anything, like just keep what you want and then get rid of stuff that didn't work or you don't like. Um, sure, sure, it's bad. Um <laughs> But anyway, so there's, I mean, basically, I don't know, this is kind of just, I don't know, this is just the first little bit of juicy news we've gotten about Flashpoint, really. Because no, everything, sure. it's been like, movie delayed, movie delayed, doesn't have a director, movie doesn't delayed, have a writer. doesn't have a writer, doesn't have a director. Ezra Miller's going to apparently write it. Yeah. All, these, like, all this crazy stuff. Like, it's basically, you could switch out the third, um... Fantastic Beast movie news cycle with the, the Flashpoint movie cycle, and they'd almost be identical. Just like blah, 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 nothing promising. Mm. So, yeah, it's kind of nice to see that there's some headway coming, almost. But I don't know, you have anything else to say about the Michael Keaton news? Nothing really. I think I already got my thoughts out, but I actually had something kind of cool to add to this that <laughs> is DC adjacent news just because it's comic DC book related. Adjacent. And it's not in the show notes. Not in the show notes. Not in the show notes. I know I'm tripping I'm tripping you up. But Robert Kirkman. I know that guy. Yeah, I know. He wrote some amazing comic books. Um, speaking of which, have you read any of the comics that are, um, um, X-Men comic that I gave you? Not yet. I've been very oh. bad. Don't worry. I, I've only read like a, I've only read a little bit of Dune. Don't worry. Oh, that's okay. It's a big ass book. It is. But I was just, but, uh, regardless, Robert Kirkman, Skybound, his Skybound outlet, you know, it is set for an online con for July. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one very good, um, guy, down at the Schmodown Entertainment Network, 
um, SEN Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Harloff is actually hosting it. Oh, really love really love Christian's work. He does a great job. Have us on the podcast. Have, have us on SEN, please. That'd be nice if you're listening. You're not, but it's What's okay. Up? <laughs> but hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know. He could be listening you to our know. podcast. You never know who's listening. It's not right government. <laughs> no, but basically, there all of these different companies are like we would usually do something at Comic Con, but now we're doing it here. You're just and so it's since it's their tenth anniversary. The Eternal trailer. Yeah, the eighteenth and nineteenth. Uh, basically, it's called a uh, firepower. Uh, firepower, and the event will be look. We'll look back on Skybound's 10 years of history, as well as featuring trivia about the company. And it's hosted by Movie Trivia Schmodown host, you know, Christian Harloff just talked about that. And, uh, we're, you know, we're missing Comic-Con. That's what their CEO, um, David Alpert, said. So they're, you know, doing their own event. Right. And it will be streamed on the Facebook, which will be really cool. And Ooh. they're um, basically what I'm hoping is that they talk a lot about Invincible news because Invincible is supposed to have an animated series come out on Amazon and they already have, I know they already have stuff recorded for it. I don't know what, the, how the animations go. Oh, they already have it. like VOs and stuff. Yeah. Because David went, um, cause they have a really good star studded cast. Like, and I know they've already worked on it and they're already working on it. I'm pretty sure Jonah Hill even like helped and like, the Goldberg dude and all that kind of stuff are all have all worked on it, Ooh. and either that or they're working on the um, live action version of it. Well, I know that um, Jonah Hill's in the cast of it. Actually, Mark Hamill's even in the cast of this thing. Mark Hamill in a voice acting role. Yes, bless for me. But yeah, um, but Stephen Yoon from oh Glenn, uh, from, Glenn uh, Walking from, Dead. from Walking Dead. He's Glenn from The Walking Dead. He's playing Mark, main character. His dad is J.K. Simmons. J. Jonah. So Omni Omni Man Jameson. Omni Man as J.K. Simmons is is an inspired choice. It is actually an amazing choice, but I can't tell you why because it would be huge spoilers. Because Omni Man is their Superman, but he is not Superman. It is just cool. You gotta watch it. It's really really cool. And I don't even want to say anything about it, but Jillian Jacobs in, isn't it. If you have ever seen um, uh, Love or if you've seen Community, she's Britta in Community. Mae Whitman is amazing mm. voice actress. She's Katara in The Last Airbender. So My mother died from a firebender. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Goggins or Walton Goggins is in it. Jason Mantzoukas is in it. So many people I love are just. Oh, Saucy Beats is in it. Dude, so many. Um, Mahershala Ali is playing Titan, which I think is awesome casting because Titan's really cool. I really need to get back on Invincible. I have all the compendiums for it. I just need to read the last one. <laughs> but what are you doing today, Corey? I work, but you know, I could read I could read it a little bit before I go to work. That's true. But dude, Sandra O oh is in it. Gosh, this is gonna be I like I'm really excited and I wanna get some news about this because I know they've been recording, I know they've been doing stuff. I don't know how the animations turned out, but Well, because you can do all that stuff from home. Exactly. So. so I'm saying like maybe a late um Maybe a later this year or early next year release. Because when do they announce it? They announced it a while ago. They did, and I remember looking it up. Like, I can look it up now. Because is it kind of like one of the ones where they have, like, a studio from, like, Korea or Japan animated? Probably. I mean, you know, I mean, nothing against, I mean, they're talented people, so, I mean, 
exploring your animation work to Japan or Korea is just honestly a but power yeah. move. But yeah, they're saying that it's going to be they're pr- set to premiere in 2020 according it, to the wiki. I know, and they're you know. Hey, maybe at this. Hey, maybe we'll see something from events. Yeah, Wonder maybe. Con. Like, hey, ho- hopefully, maybe it'll show something about that Rick Grimes movie we're supposed to get. Because weren't they supposed to get a Rick Grimes movie with Andrew Lincoln or something? Okay, well, here's the thing: on the fifteenth of twenty twenty, Robert Kirkman said that he will soon. It says this is coming from Comic Book News. Um, Robert Kirkman will. Re- will soon reveal the release date and first footage from his extremely violent adult animated series, Invincible, now created for Amazon Prime uh, service. It reunites Kirkman with The Walking Dead star Stephen Yoon as the voice cast of Mark um, Grayson, who's the son of the most powerful superhero whose innate um, superhuman powers manifest after he turns 17. Um, And they'll be announcing... Let me see. We should be announcing the release date and showing some footage that show um, from that show very soon said Kirkman uh, on the cartoonist um, kayfabe I am really excited about that extremely violent um, cartoon I think (laughs) that's such a Robert Kirkman thing to say because I think he's trying to reiterate this is not for kids it's very colorful but it is not for kids you know it's interesting because Amazon Prime seems to be like cornering the market on violent superhero content the boys and the boys and then invincible and personally i feel like invincible does a lot of the stuff the boys does but better um in my opinion well that's but good because I, think, cause I like the boys don't get me right. wrong but i like invincible hell of a lot more <laughs> you know it's saying something because i've probably like probably some of the most viscerally uncomfortable i've been watching a tv show in the last year is oh, watching sure. the boys and you probably know what I'm talking about. Dude, Asia watched like the first episode with her friend and she's like, how did you watch that? That was actually the most gross thing because she because I can do like cartoonishly weird gore. But like for me, ugh, I could do that. But like it's still kind of disturbing even the way they do it. I'm like, ugh. Oh, there was like one later episode where they uh, I mean, we don't even have to get into it just because it's so weird. But like. I'm just like, I'm so like, it wasn't even gore. It was just, it was just disturbing. Ex- I think I know. Ex- I, was, I think I know exactly what yeah, scene you're talking I, about. Too. Yeah, you're like, just like, bro. I'm just like, Oh like, my God. I say How weird shit actually... constantly. Yeah, for and sure. I was uncomfortable. No, for sure. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? I'm like, what, what is happening here? Uh, like, I guess all I could really say is like, dude, that lady, a freak. No. <laughs> Super freak. Super freak. Super freak. I mean, that guy might be a jerk, but he didn't deserve that. <laughs> no, faux show. <laughs> anyway. But, but yeah, I'm really excited for this Invincible series. And for all of you who do not know um, and need something to read during this quarantine, uh, pick up the first. Uh, do yourself a favor, because I know you're going to you're gonna want to read ahead. Just start reading Invincible. Just buy the first compendium. It's probably not even that expensive now. The latest one's probably still a little expensive. But um, watch, just read it. Is and it like, still ongoing or is it done? It's done. Okay. So, like, that's a part of the reason why I was just waiting for it to be done because it's hard to, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to keep it's up. It's hard to wait. Things. Sometimes it's hard because, to keep okay, up. Okay, so Invincible's done. Walking Dead is done. Mm-hmm. What's, what's, is Kirkin making any new I don't stuff know. Maybe movie? he's going to make an announcement uh, at his event. Because, like, that'd be really cool. Yeah, because, like, because I was thinking, like, does Marvel or Disney, because D- D23 is biannual and so Star Wars Celebration, because Celebration is canceled. 
do they have an online Star Wars thing or do they have an online little Marvel thing just to have like a little, hey, here's what we got. Because they got to put out a trailer for Winter Soldier and the Falcon, right? Mm-hmm. So, where is it? Okay, because we're getting really close to July and mm-hmm. that stuff's supposed to come out, what, late August, early September? Soon. But anyway, but yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of exciting. Like I'm, I might look into Invincible now. No, dude, uh, I have. Do you want the first compendium? I know. No, I'm, I'm gonna read the X Men comic you gave me first. I don't want. Okay. I don't want to have all your stuff stacked that's on true. my desk. That's true. That'd be if, rude. A- of me. After you give me that back, then I will give you the first right, cool. compendium. Then. All right, cool. But so, no, for sure. That's called sharing is caring. It is. But anyway, do you want to talk about? Um, I guess the last little thing. I'm not like. Uh, uh, it's kind of like a surprise. I didn't think it would come out this quickly. Uh, the Hamilton news, really. I didn't put any links to it, but Disney dropped the Hamilton, like the the movie version of the Hamilton musical, uh, set to put out on Disney Plus on July third, right before Freedom Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And I am really excited for it because I'm a huge musical theater guy. I love it. I was almost a vocal performance major. I really enjoy singing. and This really, close. Yeah, this close, but I wanted to make a little bit more money. Just a little bit more. Not a lot more, but a little, a little bit more. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy, I really like, <laughs> oh goodness, but still, it's a fun time. It's. Yeah. I'm really, really excited for this because I have had the chance to see Hamilton but I would have to drop. I would have had to drop six hundred, um, twelve hundred dollars if oh, I wanted to go with another. If I wanted to get two seats for it. Oh, and it's it was just the Orpheum last fall, dude. It was ridiculous. If you wanted like decent seats. Oh yeah, yeah. I was thinking about going to it. I was just like, oh, that's a lot of money. No, dude. My sister lucked out on it, and she got like a season pass for all of the shows. So that was just what the hell, sis. So like, basically, what happened was she got to see Hamilton technically for way cheaper. Because she just got all of the shows in once for the cost of what would probably be one ticket at Hamilton. Some people or two tickets at luck. Hamilton. So, yeah. So, but it was like a really cool was date. It, was it the Orpheum or the Holland Center? It was the Orpheum that okay. it was at. That's usually where most of the Broadway tour shows in Omaha go to. I was but, say. Yeah. No, because like that, like I was remember, I was like, no, it's coming to Omaha. I'm like, I wonder if I could see it. Never mind. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but uh, now you can see it from the. Comfort of my own home. home. Exactly. So I guess from the trailer, it looked like that it was just kind of like they did the the stage show and they they filmed it. Like they didn't like, because like I know a lot of other like musical to movie adaptations, they'll like actually, you know, actually build like a world within the musical, kind of how like um, Les Mis and Little Shop of Horrors and um, what the hell am I thinking of? Uh, well, you know what I mean. Like, no, it was like sure. there's a world that they're the musicals in, but like from what I saw, it didn't look like they were outside in you know 1700s colonial America. You know what I mean? No, for sure. Look like they were on a stage. Like I'm not a problem with that. It's just like it kind of like, you know how like they, you know they film like like for you know like you know stand up specials like you know they film them on the stage like cinematically and beautifully and like they're you know they're like their amphitheaters wherever they're performing at. Because it looked like it was on a stage. I'm like, oh, that looks kind of cool. No, dude. Well, I, guess, I guess that explains the quick turnaround of the of the movie then. No, for sure. Because the thing is... They announced it not that long ago. Because there is going to be an actual Hamilton movie. Oh, okay. There is cool. actually going to be a Hamilton movie. 
it's not going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda Boo. as like the person playing him. I actually think that's kind of better. You know, the only reason why for a movie set, it would make more sense to have somebody gradually become older instead of him just being Hamilton the entire time. <laughs> Put on some Ben you know? Franklin glasses. Yeah, no, exactly. Because that's what they do with the musical. They're like, oh, oh yeah, someone is all of a sudden you're old now, so here's your glasses. Oh, someone who's an actual little kid. No, because like they, because you have him throughout the ages in certain aspects. I think that'd be kind of cool. Okay, I guess because you have like, uh, I guess because you could kind of do it, kind of how like the Hercules animated movie is, yeah, where like you have like the muses setting the scene, mm-hmm. where it's just like. Like, you know, just like him singing, you know, on the, God, on the, God, uh, theater. And, go the distance. Yeah. You know, the go the distance yeah. kind of like, you know, we know they're singing, but he doesn't. No, but for sure. Kind of thing. So it'd be, you know, that's kind of cool. No, yeah, it'd be really cool. And also but... like, uh, I saw Lynn, uh, Lynn was on Twitter talking about like, yeah, I keep, all of you keep asking me about the three fucks that are in the, in the, in the musical. Yeah. And you can only get away with one fuck for a PG-13. So three, two of the fucks are uh, can like like uh, sounds come up to like block them out, but one is kept. I can't remember which one is kept, but mm-hmm. one of the fucks is kept for the PG thirteen PG thirteen rating of Hamilton. I'm like trying to think about which one would be kept because Hamilton. Fun fact: if you listen to the soundtrack, you pretty much know the sort the story because it's one long song. Right, like they're all different songs, obviously, but they all lead into each other, kind of like mm-hmm. a rock opera would. So. It's a really interesting show. I'm excited for people to for people to be exposed to it. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, it's almost like a kind of little, like a little weight into like uh, musicals from people who like you know musicals as in like a stage musical, not a a movie musical. No, for sure. That maybe like people are used to like from Disney movies mm-hmm. or uh, like you know uh, singing in the rain that sort of thing. Oh, no, of course. Let's see. I can go find the tweet if you want to know which F bomb. Oh no! Uh, well, I'll, I'll I can just look at that. I can just look that up. That's fine though. <laughs> no, you know it's F bombs the podcast. No, but it's gosh, kinda... you like made my editing for this podcast so much harder in that like last few minutes, chance. Sure. I hope you know that. Well, you know, I'm sorry. You're like, cor- you know, I'm just gonna put an F bomb down five right. times. Sorry, in the span I'll, I'll of, stop. Like, three seconds. I'll stop saying it. All right, so chance. No, that's well, okay. you know, it's fine. You know, I'm not super like. Uh, I know a couple of the songs pretty well to Hamilton, just because some of them like are pretty bopping to put into a workout playlist. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jonathan Groff, the guy who plays Kristoff in Frozen, mm-hmm. is plays King George. Mm-hmm. All three of his little ditties, bop. Dude, very bop. Very much And, bop. like, that man... He can sing. Now he'll get the recognition that Frozen 2 didn't give him. No, dude. The <laughs> thing is, is, like, he has a really good song in Frozen 2. He gets... I think he got like, more gypped in the first Frozen, personally. Well, like, he, well, like, he had he only his, had like, the, yeah. gave it, like, his little 80s, like, do you love me song mm-hmm. thing. And then he just kind of, like, disappeared for, like, the like whole second and half of the third act. I'm just like... The hell did Kristoff go? It's just annoying because he has a really good voice. I know. And they don't utilize him as well as they should in those movies, but... I know, it's yeah. like, damn, King George is a sassy bitch. And I... <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't think I I've ever heard the words uh, King George and sassy <laughs> bitch in the same <laughs> sentence. Well, you're welcome. You can use that as a sound oh, <laughs> You but, know, if I ever, I might just make a demo reel, just like me saying weird shit out of context. Oh, definitely. That's uh, that'll said, get you jobs. You I know, sound, I said another naughty word. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. 
It's all right. It's fine. We'll just put the little tag. We'll, we'll, explicit tag. No, for sure. It's true. Because the the weird thing is, is I still want people to know what word was said. Right. While I'm editing. So I don't use beeps or anything like that. I kind of use silence. Just like, oh, but, shit. I, but like I basically, it's like I, I kind of like edit parts of the word and not just all of it. You like know what little, I mean? A little mute to the just, vowel sound. Yeah, just so, just so like it's implied. Just so. And a part of that is because um, I want to eventually get all these episodes on YouTube and they don't really like the F word. So it's well, as like, long as we uh, don't do it in the first couple of minutes, because like I heard that's the thing with the algorithm. If you don't do something naughty within like the first four or five minutes of the video, they won't catch you. Hey, that may, you know that might be right, but yeah, because apparently the algorithm is lazy. <laughs> so, with that down and out, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add uh, as we roll things down or anything like that? Um. Wash your hands and wear a mask, DJs. You, you know, I feel that. Wash your hands, be safe, be healthy, and all that jazz. Um, According to this uh, tweet from the Hollywood Reporter, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller are getting into business with Apple. Ooh, uh, that's I really don't know why I read that because now I'm gonna have to read through this article when you really wanted to wrap up the podcast. That is no, unprofessional. That's okay. that's okay. That's fine. Uh, okay, the duo have scored a straight to series order for a comedy called The After Party, with Miller serving as the creator and showrunner, and both executive producing via their Lord Miller Shingle. The show comes after comes from TriStar TV and Sony Pictures Television, where Lord Miller have an overall deal. Oh, the After Party is a murder mystery, murder mystery, excuse me, comedy set after after an after party for a high school reunion. Each of its eight episodes will tell a story of the same night from a different character's perspective, with a unique visual format and film genre to match the character's personality. That sounds kind of cool. It sounds very Phil Lord and very Chris Miller. So He's that's pretty cool. Apple, so I'm gonna have to go use my year free membership when that comes up. <laughs> for sure. Well, with that being said, really excited for that. Yeah. I'm really excited for anything Phil Lord or Chris Miller does. Um, my wa- I've been itching to watch Spider Verse ever since they announced that Spider or Spider Man Miles Morales game that you won't be able to play because you're an Xbox shell. Shut up. Um, Why are you being so mean? But man? you know, <laughs> uh, regardless of that, I think the PS4 Pro could handle it. Well, probably not. Because they're probably going to make it exclusively for PlayStation Five because you know they want to make PlayStation Five exclusives instead of just make higher end, higher higher end Xbox on um, one exclusives. <laughs> For the first two years of your next gen console. I think the whole you know the word next means after, not during. <sighs> See, I'm just bad boys. Bad boys. Throw this chapstick out here. <laughs> well well, now that we're devolving into uh the console. Yeah, it's just mad you don't get Halo, Master Chief's gonna teabag you. <laughs> Well, with that being said, we're not a video Shut game up, podcast. <laughs> we're not a video game podcast. So Chance and I will just continue this conversation Later, on our, by our, our lonesome. Y'all have a great one. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Box Office Bros out. Thank you for listening to Box Office Bros. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. Have a great day. And see you next time. If I'm not back in five minutes. 
Just wait longer. And now for my next impression, Jesse Owens. Peace out. Later, Tater. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later.